healing a traumatic brain injury through nutrition? What? Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, here with energy. Pop, pop. I say that I am here with energy for the simple fact, as you noticed, there wasn't a podcast last Wednesday. That is because the Sunday before that I recorded my podcast, I was drained. I had a very fun weekend that I did a lot of things. I saw my girlfriend. I met up with Andy Dooley. I did my first float, which was amazing. I highly suggest that you do a float. It's so relaxing. Afterwards, it feels like a massage, though I think I need to lose about 50 pounds so I'll actually float. One of the problems of being gigantic. Anyway... And then I drove from Portland, that's where my girlfriend lives, all the way back up to Seattle and gave a speech. And the speech was great. It was for an area contest. I was the test speaker. We're doing the evaluation contest. And the way that works is there's a test speaker or yeah, test speaker, we'll just call them. And then people compete by evaluating my speech. And it's super fun because you get to listen to many people evaluate your speech. And by the time I got home, I was like, let's record my podcast. I thought I brought the energy. I thought I brought the funk, but I did not. And then I was editing. I'm like, wow, I sound bored. I don't want to put this out there. So I decided no podcast is better than a very, very, very subpar podcast. I know there's the old saying, the book you put out is 100% better than the book you don't. And sometimes perfectionism is, well, not sometimes, most of the time perfectionism is not good. But this is just one of those times where like... That was just not up to my standard. I did not feel like, I did not enjoy listening to myself. I didn't enjoy what I was putting out there. And then I got to the hard part of my week. And then I was like, all right, I have interviews. So let's have the interviews. But then two people canceled on Sunday. So I guess I could have put out a podcast quickly on Sunday, but I didn't. In fact, I did nothing, which was sweet. It has been a while since I've just done nothing for a long time. It feels good. Every once in a while, it's nice to just do nothing. I've been doing I've been doing a lot of some things lately. In my personal life, I also want to celebrate something. I think life is intention, action, and celebration. And as if you've been following along the Lightworker Toastmasters, we had our first contest last Wednesday Tuesday, that's when we meet. And this is Wednesday, so it was yesterday. And the cool part about that contest was the fact that most of our experienced Toastmasters, in fact all our experienced Toastmasters who are part of that club were uneligible. So it was all new Toastmasters participating. We had four people in the speech contest. We had four people in the evaluation contest. And it went out mostly without a hitch. It it went a little late. I don't like staying there too late. But at the same time, I'm pumped. We're a brand new club and just doing the first is super fun. I am so looking forward to our year anniversary party next year. And yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. And I'm really happy how that went down. So thinking about my life, I will do a summary of what I was talking about last week on my podcast, but it was mostly about finding your unique brilliance. As I've been listening to Kyle Cease, I have his all-access pass at the time was 1990 something a month. And he said it's going to go up to $40 a month, but it's probably still 20 bucks a month because, you know, that's how, you, that's how they get you. And it worked. It worked on me. It worked on me. But at the same time, I like listening to him because he really hammers this point into me is finding your unique brilliance finding the thing that you're good at finding what you love to do and then do that i mean it seems that simple but just go for it because when you try to fit yourself when you try to fit the square peg into a round hole of 
what other people want you to be, what other people want you to do, or better yet, what you think other people want you to be, what you think other people want you to do to be successful, that you aren't truly being a success. Even if you do make money putting on a persona, becoming Batman, reality is Batman would never feel satisfied or would he, or Bruce Wayne would never feel satisfied because Bruce Wayne is the mask. Ooh, deep. But the idea is if you become someone else to work something and you become successful, is that truly satisfying? Living up to this persona, I mean, think about the fraud factor on that one if you happen to have, if you're not a sociopath and you can do that and not think about what other people think. The fraud factor of like, I don't really deserve this. I'm a fraud. In a way, you kind of are because you're not being authentic. You're not being your true self. But when you are your true self and that's what you're selling and that's what people are buying, yes, the fraud factor will probably still come in of thinking that you're a fraud and because anxieties. But at the same time, you can really look within and notice that, yes, I am bringing my true self out there. And that is what's important. Bringing your true self out there, bringing your inner brilliance, bringing your inner light and I'm thinking about my inner brilliance, my inner light. And a lot of that has shown to the light worker Toastmasters, mostly because I understand that I work better in groups. I'm not a one-on-one person. And I've been trying for the last 10 years to create these products, create this podcast, create my videos and funnel people to work on me with me one-on-one. But that for me, for the most part, is draining. I'm not a one-on-one person. The thought of working with 20 people one-on-one doesn't excite me. It doesn't get my energies pumping. It doesn't get my energy just juice. But working with a group program and managing a group sounds really fun. And that's the part I like most about the Lightworker Toastmasters, just working with that. There are members who are great. Donna and Jane, if you're listening, are great. But they're really good at talking to our new Toastmasters and working on them one-on-one. I haven't done a good job of reaching out to them, but working with them in groups, setting the energy, making sure each meeting, because it's a huge difference if I'm at the meeting or if I'm not at the meeting. I set the stage. I set the energy. I am, that's, a lot of that is me especially at the beginning. And that part, even though, even the days when it was draining, it was fun. I love that. And so I realized that I really need to get this workshop idea, this meetup idea that I've had off the ground. I've been thinking about it for years. I tried, I got some negative feedback and I let that hurt me, hurt my poor widow feelings. But at the same time, that doesn't matter. I had fun, even though I don't think in my mind I did that great a job. I enjoyed doing it talking for a couple hours and doing that i i enjoyed it i had a great i felt pumped afterwards i love doing workshops as i mentioned before i love workshops i go to a workshop i feel pumped i don't care i went to this one workshop where it was nothing but self-questioning where you sit in a dyad and you're asked like tell me who you are and the person tells you, you just go back and forth and back and forth you just go deeper and deeper until you get the truth of who you are and a lot of people are talking about afterwards. They're drained. They're doing this. We're there for five days. The first day is kind of the introduction. You need to do it for three days. The last day is like integration. Like integration. It is integration. At the end, I'm pumped. I'm ready. I can do 10 more days. I can do 100 days. I can do. I just love doing that. I just love being around groups of people wanting to succeed. I love doing that. So I need to create a community of people who want to succeed and somehow make money off that because I need to feed myself. I mean, if you've seen my pictures, you know that I like food. So thinking about what is your true brilliance? What is something that you want to do with your life? I mean, a lot of times we try to fit in these round holes when we're squares or when we're circles. We try to fit into square holes, which I believe is easier, but it depends on the size of the hole. That 
we try to i mean the idea of looking at what other people do to find success is good we want to stand on the shoulder of giants but we don't want to stand on the soldier of di- giants to become something that we are not this is what i tell people who are toastmasters who i do talk one-on-one with is that you want to pick speakers you want to emulate but you don't want to become you want to see oh i like that aspect of them i will use that see we want to create a create a structure so that we can be more authentic i love les brown and i want to put that that passion so i work on putting that passion into my speech at first it was very disingenuous if you listen to my first speeches in toastmasters i sound like somebody who is playing a passionate person in fact i even took a personality test that showed me how i relate to people and it showed me ah, i forgot what i was i think i was a secret weapon because uh, i forgot the two things but i remember i'll always remember what the worst was the one that i wasn't the one that i was least capable of connecting with people and that was passion and that pissed me off fudge that thing i wanted that passion so i worked hard on being able to cultivate passion and be able to push push my heart out into the audience and truly love them so i can sound passionate i can i can sound authentic that's what we want to do and when i listen to Brene brown i like how she's fun and vulnerable and i try to add that to my speeches and then turn around and make it me it's like jazz or playing the piano you learn how to play other people's pieces and then you learn how to just go dumba 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 i guess i am not good at even mimicking jazz basically speaking you want to learn from others and then build it on your own so i'm not saying don't learn from others don't do click funnels and 30-day challenges or whatever a lot of it is to learn the basics of marketing but with the idea of knowing that you when you want to market you're learning the basics so that you can later play advanced jazz with marketing so you learn the basics of facebook marketing you learn the basics of creating the the session that sells you learn the basics of creating copy or speeches that will convert clients you learn the basics of them so that later when you're better at it and you're more practiced that you can build upon that and create something of your own create something that is you because that's the most important part is being you being who you are naturally authentically 100 percent and it took me 10, 11 years to finally come up with that, to finally embody it, finally understand it. And we'll see what happens when I'm 50, if I'm still doing this podcast, talking about how I'm still not making it as I'd like, as I'm still looking for motivational speaking clients. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I know that I am not giving up because, as I say, I don't like looking back. I don't like the thought of looking back and thinking that I stopped. I have a dream, and my dream is to inspire people. My dream is to be a positive force in this world. The truth of the matter is I don't know if there's a great awakening happening. I know a lot of people are talking about it, but I like the idea. And just in case we are in a time of great awakening where we are waking up to the power of who we truly are, and this truly is a turbulent time because from this turbulence we're going to create something better, I want to be a part of that. And if it's not, I want to still make people's lives better. For the outside world does not dictate my inner desire. I need to continue to work on making the outside world not make me consider my inner thoughts and my inner actions, my actual actions. Because it's still there. 
It's still there. That's desire. That dream. It is still there. And I want it. I don't want. I want it. Because when I think about doing this podcast, as I was talking about, I like doing it. I love doing it. I love talking at the beginning. I don't know if people like listening to this part. No one has emailed me yet. I like being authentic and honest. Some people say they like my podcast. That, that, that feels good. That feels good. I mean, my girlfriend likes it, so I don't know if she's um, girlfriendly, contractually obligated to like it, but it helps. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you don't like my podcast, you don't like me. I mean, simply because my podcast is me, at least the first part of it is so me. So living your dreams, living your passions. Well, that brings us to today's interview with somebody I know who is living their dreams and their passions and their passion is nutrition. Carol Freeman is a certified nutritionist and certified clinical hypnotherapist that went from squeaking by on a 18k a year to over six figures in her online business after launching her fast track to keto success program. The program that teaches women who have yo-yo dieted their entire lives how to implement a keto diet for quick and lasting weight loss so that they can finally get freedom from dieting and feel at peace with their bodies and food. Although Carol received master's degree in nutrition and psychology, it wasn't until a disabling car accident in 2014 that she discovered a ketogenic diet to recover from traumatic brain injury and chronic pain in her legs. Along the way, experienced the tremendous power of keto diet combined with all her years of psychology as answers to lifelong weight struggles. Now I give you, my friend, my interview with Carol Freeman. Hey, Carol, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much, Brad. I'm so excited to be here. I am very excited to have you here. Likewise. So I was looking over your bio and it says here that you are a certified hypnotherapist and a certified nutritionist. How fun is that? Yes. Combining all the worlds that I love, psychology and nutrition. So what do you like about psychology? Oh man, what do I like about psychology? Well, I love that to me, human beings, they are a puzzle, right? And we are what we are and who we are in this world based on all the experiences we've had up to this point. And psychology is an interesting, oh gosh, puzzle for me to understand like what it is that makes people who they are and then learning about it so that we can help people be the best version of themselves, feel amazing and happy and be able to facilitate behavior change. Been passionate as long as I can remember we're just helping people, especially women, just be the best version of themselves. And I just strongly feel like psychology is one of those keys to un understanding, helping people fulfill their full potential. Interesting. Fulfilling the best version of themselves. Was there a time in your life where you did not feel like you were the best version of yourself? Oh my gosh, so many times. <laughs> gosh, I mean, a lot of that I can tie into the, you know, the times that I've dieted in my life, right? Especially, mm -hmm. you know, women are society says that if we're just not thin, that we're not as good as or healthy, or we shouldn't be as happy with ourselves. And so there's several times in my life where I gained a significant amount of weight. And then I searched for some kind of a diet plan to go on and lose the weight. And years later would just end up slowly gradually gaining it back and a lot more of that. Another big time that I did not feel my optimal self was probably the worst I'd ever felt in my life was after that horrible car accident, 2014. I was disabled for about a year and a half from brain injury and chronic pain syndrome in my legs. That was probably the height of the worst I've ever felt in my life. Oh, wow. Do you mind going into what happened there? 
Yeah, well, it was March of uh, 2014. Wow, I'm just suddenly realizing we've just passed that anniversary for me. And Congratulations. <laughs> I was hit by a distracted driver. I was on my way to work at the time and a woman plowed into the back of my car and smashed my car and then smashed me into another car in front of me and ended up with crush injuries to my legs and then traumatic brain injury. And symptoms just continued to get worse and worse and worse. And after going and seeing 172 different doctor's visits and trying to get answers, what was wrong with me? And I just kept getting sicker and sicker and frankly, fatter and fatter. And oh my gosh, it was horrible. The list of symptoms was so long, you know, and then doctors didn't have any answers for me of what was wrong or how to help me. They would say things like, oh, you're just depressed or you just have fibromyalgia. Maybe you have Epstein-Barr virus or you've got Lyme disease. They just wanted to point it in all these different directions. And I just was desperate. And, you know, one of my core beliefs is that if we feed our bodies properly with proper nutrition, that we can heal ourselves. And that was finally after going to as many doctors as could, I, I just finally went back to my own knowledge and core belief of like, okay, so what can I do to myself? What do I know about nutrition that could possibly help myself? And after researching everything on my own, I, I discovered that the brain injury that I'd had was the source of all the dysfunction in my body. And I thought, well, what do I know nutrition wise that can help heal the brain? I'd remember in grad school when I was taking all my nutrition classes that we weren't learned about oh this much, I'm holding my fingers about a centimeter apart. We learned about this much about a ketogenic diet as a treatment for epilepsy. And I reasoned that, well, if epilepsy is something that's dysfunctioning in the brain and ketogenic diet works for that, perhaps that would be something that would help me. So I started reading as much as I could about it. And I started to get optimistic that at least temporarily it would give my brain an alternate fuel source and that I could just get out of bed and try to get back to work was my primary goal of it. Didn't know what was in store for me on that journey because within days, the mile-long symptom list that I was having just started to subside. I started to get a tremendous amount of energy, mental clarity, and then the pain in my legs went away. And also, you know, shedding over 60 pounds and 10 inches off my waist. And finally, for the first time in my life, feeling like, oh my gosh, I actually have a way of eating that is sustainable, that gets rid of cravings and appetite. And, and this is something I can actually bring to my clients, which I'd been trying to teach them how to you know, live a healthy lifestyle. But, you know, up until that point, I didn't really have any huge success in helping people lose weight and keep it off, frankly. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. The way, I mean, most diet, what is this statistic? 90% of diets fail in the long term, if not even 99%, something like that. It's a ridiculously staggering amount. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's true. I mean, most diets are not sustainable. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. And that was actually what I learned in school. I got a very specialized master's degree in both nutrition and psychology. And basically the core of the five years of me studying nutrition and psychology was that all diets fail. It was actually cruel to try to encourage people to go on diets knowing that they were going to fail. So instead, you should just help people learn to love themselves the way that they are, even if they just continued to gain weight, that that was better. That was better to help them just, you know, give up on dieting than it was to ever try to encourage them or help them have a goal of losing weight. And so I came out of school with the idea that, you know, restricted diets and when you had people change their eating habits and exclude certain foods that actually that was the root cause of failed diets. But I've come to learn that it's there's a lot of reasons why most other diet plans out there, they just they fail. And it's it's not people's fault. You know, most diet plans out there are designed to be a very short term, follow this very odd way of eating that's not the norm, restrict real foods and eat all these processed packaged foods. And 
This is something you just do temporarily for the short term until you lose the weight as quick as possible. And then you magically go into this maintenance phase, which never works. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the cores of something that's really sustainable is learning a way of eating that is that you can actually stick with the rest of your life. Because, you know, the truth is the only diet that really works is the one that helps you keep the weight off. Nobody wants to lose weight and keep it, gain it back. And so you've got to find a way of eating that you can actually live with the rest of your life. And that's one of the things that a ketogenic diet does is that it's, you know, delicious, high fat foods that are very delicious and satisfying. And so people experience that and they think, oh my gosh, I actually could eat this way the rest of my life. I can eat steak and butter and bacon, as opposed to most diets are boiled chicken breast and plain lettuce. Nobody wants to live that the rest of their life. So when you started your ketogenic diet, what was your main uh, hurdles that you had to go through? Because a lot of times you start, some, I mean, when I start something, even if it succeeds, there's just some things that kind of go wrong or some things I need to tweak. So at the beginning, when you were starting, what were some of the ways that you kind of fumbled and then rebounded or? Yeah, well, when I went into my keto approach, I had been studying the psychology of appetite, cravings, and behavior change for probably a decade before that. And so I went into my keto approach, applying all the things, the principles, the ways that I know that the brain works in order to help myself get the best results. So for example, I knew that I needed to avoid all kinds of sweeteners, even, you know, artificial sweeteners or even keto-friendly sweeteners, I knew I needed to avoid those for a period of time in order to just get rid of the sugar cravings. I also knew that sensory input, so for example, looking at recipes and watching cooking shows and going to the grocery store and looking at high-carb foods, I knew that those were going to sabotage my results, and so I avoided all those as well. I actually saw really big success despite my doubts going into it because I applied everything that I'd learned up to that point. And that's exactly the approach that I teach my, my clients now is here's all the things that you need to know going into this so that you can actually get the results that you've been wanting. And so here's the psychology behind this and here's how you can use it to your empowerment rather than falling prey to the cravings and, and subconscious sabotage that our brain wants us to fall back into. So you mentioned that you got over a brain injury and you said these symptoms but what actually were they oh brett the list is so very long let's see if and it's been so long too let me see if i can remember them all so let's see i had zero energy i couldn't tolerate light or sound i had high blood pressure i had a chronic low-grade fever i had hormonal dysregulation so every bit of hormone in my body female hormones i was having extremely irregular uh, menstrual cycles and changes to libido i had also from the chronic pain syndrome in my legs i had extreme swelling i couldn't sit i couldn't even sit without my legs swelling so bad they were extremely painful hypersensitivity to light touch on my legs as well temperature changes in my skin and and skin changes as well i also had metabolic syndrome so which you know weren't really symptoms or just diagnostic criteria and meant i horrible mental clarity like my brain was so foggy i couldn't concentrate on a conversation if a friend wanted to come and visit i couldn't even concentrate enough to have a conversation with them and when they were talking to me it was just so overwhelming and intolerable really to just hear the sounds of what they were saying and there are so many more symptoms uh, that i was having at the time that i can't remember right now at the top of my head but basically just all the symptoms together were causing me to be just be bedridden for months and months on end. Wow, that, that's a lot of symptoms. 
How did the ketogenic diet help with your brain? Yeah, well, a ketogenic diet puts us into a state of ketosis, which basically our body is burning fat, either from the food we're eating or from our own body. And as a byproduct of that, it's making these ketone bodies. And ketone bodies are created in the body anytime that carbohydrate intake is, is really low. And they're an alternate fuel source for the brain and a bunch of other cells in the body. And most cells in the body can run on ketones. So for one, they're uh, they're a fuel source. And they're when um, you know there's damage and things aren't working quite correctly in the brain, it isn't able to use glucose as a primary fuel. And so when you have ketones come on board, the brain all of a sudden gets a fuel source when it's basically been starving before that. So my brain was actually able to have fuel, whereas it been shutting down and not getting any fuel. Also, we know from research now that ketone bodies are anti-inflammatory and a lot of dysfunction that was going on in my brain was related to excessive inflammation. Also, a ketogenic diet causes insulin to go down to a very low, normal, healthy level. We know now that most chronic diseases that people, especially in the United States, are suffering for, from and now around the world are caused from excessive insulin exposure, you know, over a lifetime, but also in the moment as well. So when insulin is really high, so when we're eating a lot of carbohydrates, insulin is really high in our blood. And that that does a bunch of different things. It causes the body to store fat, but it also shuts off repair and renewal mechanisms. It shuts off our body's really excellent antioxidant system internally. It also wrecks havoc on our immune system. It shuts down proper immune function as well. One of the ways that keto is helping is because it's helping your insulin come down to a normal level that allows all these things to happen. And on top of that as well, when ketones are on board, they have a lot of positive health benefits as well. So it's a one, two, three punch. I don't know what the good analogy for that is, but there's a multifactorial reasons that a ketogenic diet was helping with my brain function. It's also powerfully reduces pain as well. And I could go on and on and on. <laughs> it helps with cellular repair, DNA repair as well. And it's anti-anxiety as well. So it washes the brain in GABA. And so it's great for reducing anxiety. And it just supports optimal mood function in the brain too. So we're seeing that people with anxiety and depression, it's relieving that. Oh gosh, I could go on and on and on about all the health benefits of ketones. So what's the first benefit you noticed? What was the first thing started? I noticed? The yeah. first thing I noticed was just being able to have energy. You know, I went from being, you know, stuck in bed all day long to, oh my gosh, I've got a ton of energy now. And, you know, when I started on this, it was a summer that we were having very high temperatures in the Seattle area. When I remember it was mid to high 80s. And normally I didn't like to be out in the heat, but I had so much energy. I couldn't not go out and go for walks. I would walk for 30, 45 minutes because I had so much energy, just was full of life and energy. That sounds awesome. Having all that energy out of nowhere. Yeah. So probably help with exercise. And Well, I didn't, you know, one of the big secrets of, you know, my keto, keto weight loss is that I didn't exercise. I mean, I went out and walked because I had so much energy, but I did not I did not not go out and do a bunch of exercise. And that's one of the things that people really like on a keto diet is that whereas most other dietary plans, you're required to burn a certain number of calories per day for through exercise. On a keto diet, you can do exercise because it feels good to your body and there's health benefits to it, but it's not an essential requirement for, for weight loss. When you first start with a client about a ketogenic diet, what are some common misconceptions that they have of a ketogenic diet? Let's see. I, I primarily am working with middle-aged women that already know about a ketogenic diet, and they're trying to figure out how to get it to work for them. For There's a bunch of different reasons why people aren't doing it correctly. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. 
you know, the people that I'm working with, some of the misconceptions they've got is that they need to eat lots and lots of fat and they have to get a certain amount of fat in to be on a ketogenic diet. And they, they also misunderstand that they think that ketones equals weight loss and the higher the ketones, the more weight loss you get and it, they're not necessarily correlated. Yeah. So that's probably some of the biggest myths is the amount of fat that people should be eating and they misunderstand that they think that ketones equal weight loss and they don't. So for example, my ketogenic diet has its origins in treating epilepsy in little children and we don't want little children with epilepsy to be losing weight. And so we want high ketone levels for these kids for seizure control, but we don't want them losing weight. In fact, we want them gaining weight because they're growing children. Ketosis does not mean you're losing weight. Ketosis just means that carbohydrates are so low that your body's making ketones as an alternate fuel source. So if you do overeat on a ketogenic diet, you'll still gain weight. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's absolutely totally possible. And this is a common thing I see people too. They come to me, what am I doing wrong? I'm, I started a keto diet and I'm gaining weight. How is that possible? <laughs> absolutely. And so that's part of why people need to know the right approach. They need it customized to their body and their goals. But also if we're not adjusting the psychology side, right? So that's a big important part is that keto foods can be really, really tasty. And if people are doing a lot of fat bombs and keto desserts and things like that, you can certainly trigger excessive appetite and cravings and fall back into old behavior loops and things like that. And yeah, you could totally gain weight on a keto diet. <laughs> so do you utilize your hypnotherapist background in your when you help your clients with their keto? It's a very subtle way that I use it. I found that not everybody is a fan of hypnosis. There's a lot of misconceptions about that. I maintain my credential with the state, but I'm not doing that work one-on-one -on -one with my clients. And I just use my background and training and knowledge of the way that the brain that works that way and bring that into my teachings with my clients. And, you know, I use more vague language, right? So I find that people are open to doing visualizations or imagining things. And the truth is that those are just the same as hypnosis. They're just called different things. And so, you know, I use different language and terminology around that. I do use some guided imagery and visualizations with my clients for positive change, but I'm not doing one-on-one -on -one hypnosis work. And I'm not, I'm secretly not telling them that it's the same thing as hypnosis, just because some people are the misconceptions and misunderstandings about what that means. And if they, they thought it was hypnosis, they'd say, no, I don't want hypnosis. That's bad and dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to make them think they're a chicken. Exactly. Don't make me quack like a duck. So what makes you different than other practitioners out there? Biggest difference of what I'm doing is that I bring in the psychology side of appetite control, cravings relief, and uh, long-term behavior change. There's a variety of keto coaches out there, but no one of them is actually bringing in their structure to a keto diet that also integrates all the different parts of the subconscious part of the mind for behavior change and appetite control. Because the truth is, is that a lot of people enjoy the foods on a ketogenic diet. They think they're really tasty, but they really, really struggle with cravings or social situations or just old habits. And, you know, they keep falling off the wagon. And if we don't address that side of it and get the support, then it's never going to work any better than any other diet they've tried. And so that's my passion and my extra skill set is that I bring into that all the understanding and education and passion I've got about how do we understand the way that the brain works that make us have cravings, makes us want to fall off the wagon, and how do we use all of that knowledge with a bunch of techniques and tools and tricks that I've gathered over the years and developed over the years in order to help my clients get that long-term sustainability. Do you have a favorite success story? Oh my gosh, there's so many of them. Let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of recently one of my, I've got the her success story out there on my video interviews. Lori was one of my clients that 
she really, really struggled. Middle-aged woman, she'd struggled, struggled, struggled with sugar cravings and addiction for as long as she could remember. And that was her big pitfall. So she'd tried keto and she would do really well and lose some weight, but inevitably the sugar cravings and the feelings of deprivation would just, just derail her. And so she kept beating herself up. I, she couldn't understand like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stick with this? Why do I keep giving into these sugar cravings? She came into my program, joined me as one of my clients. And I, I promised her, I said, if you follow my structure, if you follow my rules and guidance, we will be able to free you from that sugar obsession and the sugar cravings. Now she was very doubtful because she'd struggled with this her entire life, but she was also a very good student. She was very coachable and she did. She followed a hundred percent the the structure and the rules and my guidance. So at the end of a couple of months of working together, you know, she not only lost 20 pounds, but she also was just so overjoyed with how free she was from those sugar cravings. And it's because in the past, the approach she was taking was just continuing to feed her cravings and reinforce them. Whereas I taught her how to actually rid herself of them and get freedom from them. Yeah, that's the story that pops into my mind. And it's just, it's really wonderful and so fulfilling to be able to give my clients that freedom. I mean, that's the one universal thing that everyone gets that I work with is that just the calm and peace and the freedom from feeling like they're compulsively eating or being controlled by their cravings and appetite um, so that they now just have calm and peace around food and their life and their body. That's pretty impressive. The last study I just read that was going around on Facebook is that sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. Oh, so, oh honey, I'm sorry you feel bad. Here's some heroin. Exactly. <laughs> honey, I made you some heroin cookies. So <laughs> sorry you had a bad day at school, but here. <laughs> Heck, I remember... When I was in Georgia for one year, we had to test, and before each of these big tests to calm us down, they gave us a peanut butter cookie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're towards the end of our interview together, and one thing I like to ask my interviewees is to give a one minute of motivation. This is something along the lines of, you had a time machine, and you went back in time to your younger self, and you only had one minute to convey a message, or to convey your message, condense it down to one minute. Now, I know you've tried every diet under the sun. You've lost a lot of weight, but you've gained back even more. You've spent thousands of dollars on diet plans, programs, pills, and potions. And I know you feel like a failure. Every day you wake up thinking, this is the day I have to get it together. But I'm here to tell you, it's not your fault. You didn't succeed in the past because the approach you were following was missing very important pieces. When you get a diet, a way of eating that is sustainable, and you have the knowledge and support to overcome the cravings, emotional and stress eating, and the subconscious drivers of overeating, you can succeed, finally lose the weight, and keep it off. Nice. Love it. Thanks. Well, Carol, I'd like to thank you for being a part of my podcast, hearing your message of how you actually recovered from a traumatic brain injury as well as chronic pain and years of yo-yo dieting with your ketogenic diet. I am sure going to inspire people to at very least check it out and see how a good healthy eating diet can help them with their issues and finally get the success that they're looking for. Thank you very much, Brett. Yes, my pleasure. And there is my interview with Keto Carol. Don't you just love alliteration? I love alliteration. 
One thing I like about Carol is her passion. You can tell that she truly cares about what she's doing and that she truly believes in it, which is good. I think you should always believe in what you're doing if you're trying to sell people on something. It should be something that works for you, and it's definitely something that worked for her. I can talk about some of my experience with keto i think it's great of all diets it's my favorite one even though i had had hard time having it stick mostly probably because of sugar is ridiculously addicting and once i start losing weight i'm like oh, i'll have some sugar and then i'll have all the sugar and then the weight comes back on but i think the part i really like is the fact that she talks about working on the psychology and i think that's the part that i miss when my dieting days is working on my psychology this is why i got a therapist to help me with that and so that i can push forward and make this my last time i've done a lot of research on keto it's i think the research is actually pretty sound i am one of the conspiracy theorists who believe that the sugar industry kind of paid off people to vilify fat instead of the real villain which is sugar which is if you look it up not good for you especially in excess and they say anything in moderation but if you're like me you can't have sugar in moderation but at the same time, sugar's in everything. I remember once I was doing the whole 30, and in that one you have to give up sugar for 30 days. And looking through everything, there's sugar in ketchup, there's sugar in barbecue sauce, there's sugar in bacon. Bacon has sugar in it. I had to go to Whole Foods to get sugar-free bacon. How silly is that? I highly suggest checking her out if you want to see if keto is right for you. At least try it. I really enjoyed her passion. I really enjoy. I mean... Think about all the things that she cured and helped her. I know her. I met her in person. I would not have expected this as a person who had a traumatic brain injury. She does stand-up comedy and comes up with jokes that have punchlines and stuff. So stuff that you need. I mean, <laughs> that probably meant this. That probably sounded more condescending than I wanted to. What I meant is coming up with jokes and being a stand-up comic takes a certain amount of of mental acuity a certain type of intelligence and that getting up in front of people and making them laugh is a skill and is a skill that you can learn and you need strong mental capacity to be able to do that and not only has she done open mics she's actually gotten paid she's gotten point where she's getting paid for gigs i think she was even a headliner one night so yeah so she is sharp as a tech and so keto helped her get her out of her brain fog and get her more energy and helped her lose the weight. In fact, if you listen to her story, losing the weight was a side effect for all the things that helped with her brain. So if you want, if you're having a brain fog and you want to try it, try something out, I would say go for it. Give it 30 to 60 to 90 days and see how you feel if you once you put your brain on ketones and stuff. In fact, I've heard people cycling of going through keto, then off keto, then on keto, then off keto. The thing is about diet, if you if you look it up, you can find any diet. I even read about a milkshake diet. That's ridiculous. Not even special milkshakes, just milkshakes. Or the dude who lost. Yeah. Anyway, I am rambling. Carol is awesome. I highly suggest you check her out. You can find Carol all over social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter as Keto Carol. K-E-T-O-C-A-R-O-L-E. Carol has an E at the end, so that's O. She spells it out again. If you're curious about this keto diet, you can get a free 7-day fast and easy keto meal plan on our website, ketocarol.com. This has been episode 18 of the Joyous Expansion Podcast. 
18 episodes. So this is the episode where I beat my last podcast, Pop Pop. That one had 17 episodes of me just talking about my life and where things were going before I stopped and had probably one of the biggest crashes of my life. That was a long crash. I wonder if I'm back out of it yet. Sometimes I wonder. I was listening to my podcast because I edit it. So I was just listening to my part one and something came up that I just kind of wanted to point out is I used, especially when it comes to authenticity, I used to be proud of the fact that I put on a persona of somebody who was succeeding online. If you go into my line, look at my videos, looked at my website, looked at my social media, it looked like that I was a full-time life coach. And I used to I used to take pride in that and wanting to kind of keep those two worlds shielded. But for me, that caused more issues than not. Number one, it wasn't authentic. When I would talk to someone, I'd always feel like a fraud. Like I'm putting up a bear. It almost put up a barrier between me and any prospective clients. It would show not, I wouldn't be selling me. I would be selling this idea of who I am. And I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to sell who I am. And I think I'm a pretty awesome guy. So yes, this is my episode number 18, Celebration, past my last podcast. I have three, hopefully three more interviews soon. At least one on one tomorrow, if she feels up to it. Then one next Tuesday, if that person fills up to it. And hopefully the other person will schedule soon and I will still be pushing for other people. If you want to be on my podcast, give me a, send me a message. I'm on Facebook. I'm easy to find. I'm Facebook Increase Your Joy because I didn't understand branding when I created my Facebook page. And then Twitter is Joyous Expansion. Instagram is Joyous Expansion. My website is Joyous Expansion. You can find more episodes of the podcast on pod.joyousexpansion.com. And also, you if you have any questions or you want to get in touch with me for any reason, you can send me an email at bre2ts2es at joyousexpansion.com. If you're listening to any iTunes, Podbeam, or whatever, leave a star review. That would be super awesome. I would truly appreciate that. Heck, I just truly appreciate the fact that you're listening to this. So if you're listening to this sentence right here, just know that I love you for who you are and that you are special. So this is Brett Dupree, your champion of authentic joy, catalyst of transformation, joyous expansion, life coach, wishing you a wonderful, wonderful day. And remind you once again to be love, to be joy, to be awesome. Now play that jingle. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Come and say hello to Brett Dupree. He is an inspirational life coach. Joyousexpansion.com Joyousexpansion.com Yeah!